Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Do you know any good jokes? Maybe any, well, maybe jokes you can say in church. Don't answer that question. But way back in the history of the early church, they had a little aspect right before the Easter service, the resurrection service, called the Rises Pascalis. And it was just simply this wonderful custom and tradition where the pastor or priest would come out with the congregants and begin telling jokes. He'd begin telling jokes to start off the Easter celebration. They called it the Great Easter Laugh. They did this because God had played a practical joke on the devil. The devil thought that he had won the victory over Jesus, but Jesus has the last laugh, being raised from the dead. And hence, this is where we find April Fool's jokes coming, and even practical jokes happening all throughout the Easter week in the early church. And these pranks were played on by the children. I'm giving all children here a free pass to your parents this week. Of course, us being serious, liturgical, Lutheran types, we say this might be a bit distasteful and disrespectful. But maybe there's something to this. The world needs a good laugh. Because we've all become so serious. C.S. Lewis produced some of his most joyful writing the world has ever seen as London was being bombed continually by the Nazis. We church people, by and large, take ourselves way too seriously. Yes, life is heavy, life is serious, life is vexing, life is painful, but Easter means that life is God's, and God's life is yours, and God has the last word in your life. So smile. Relax. Laugh. Christ is risen. He is risen very fact changes everything for you, no matter how hard the last two Easter's have been for the church, no matter how serious life and death has been for you, everything is taken care of by Jesus. God has made us to enjoy life, not simply to survive it. That's why we do fun stuff like go to baseball games and play drum sets and it's why we have an Easter egg hunt and breakfasts on Easter morning. It's how the Lord has built us. Even though we've been knocked down over the last two plus years, it turns out that most of us aren't really doing anything all that important with most of our life. I mean, how many of you are worried about what to binge next on Netflix? And if that isn't enough, maybe we are paralyzed by fear. And change. So much change. Too much change. Gas is too expensive. Not sure if we're going to be able to go on vacation. I can't believe this place still requires a mask or insert your other problems or woes. But really, there's nothing to get too cranky about. You and I have one common serious problem. Death. The grave. We can fix everything else. Everything. But we're surrounded by death. We're hemmed in by death on every side. And it seems like there's nothing that we can do to stop it. 
Meet the new boss, the same old boss. What's new? Nothing. As society crumbles around us, as the world goes to war, everything that we thought we needed is beginning to vanish, and it's tempting for us as people to just throw in the towel and give it up. Walk away, let it go, retire early, shut the church down. Yes, 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 we might be saying. But we're still here. Why? Christ is risen. Because that's the only thing that really matters. And if this is one big joke, if this is something that does not really mean it's true, then everything else in this life is pointless. You and I are just waddling our way to the grave. But in fact, Christ has risen. They killed him. They crucified him. The world and all of us turned our back on him. The best friend that we have ever had turned his back on him. We betrayed him. And God, even though he's become our dear brother, took it all. Even today, as he is on the cross, the world looks at him as a colossal failure. But remind ourselves, we cannot hold things together very well. Jesus was right when he said from the cross, forgive them for they know not what they do. We don't know what we're doing. And we never really have throughout the world. This world of ours survives on grace. And that's a wild idea, isn't it? Jesus told them pretty explicitly that he would be raised from the dead on the third day. They run the tomb to the tomb, they find it empty, and their first reaction, more panic, more fear. Death is all they know, and I don't blame them, because it's all I know as well. And where is Jesus in the midst of all of this? Wouldn't it be nice to see two angels today, one at the head and one at the back of the church, saying, he's not here, he's risen? Mary got to see that, why not us? You might look at your bulletin cover today, and you might say, what in the world is this cover art all about? Who picked this? I did. <laughs> I love this artwork by Albrecht Dürer, who was one of Martin Luther's artists. Mary can't find Jesus. He is so calm, and he is so not worried, and he is so joyful. Despite all of the things that happen in the storms, in the crowd, with the people, whoever's more important, Jesus is joyfully sleeping, joking with them about how they're going to feed all these people. And he says, do not worry about who is more important. But you look at that bulletin cover today, and you might say, what's so Easter about this? But take a close look. Mary, in our text, turns around and sees Jesus but she doesn't recognize him because he looks like a gardener. The risen Lord Jesus Christ who holds the universe together, who has died for the sins of the world and was raised for our salvation, is dressed as a country bumpkin, as a gardener, somebody you'd see out at Two Rivers Park taking care of their crops. Dewar depicted this wonderful scene, and I love how Jesus has that big floppy hat on, and he carries a shovel over his shoulder. It's beautiful. Jesus is just like the common laborer. Mary thought he was the gardener, 
and she's not wrong. When the Lord began all things back in Genesis, he created a garden in which man was to live. He created a beautiful world. He's always been the gardener of all things. And if you remember on Good Friday, when Jesus was laid in the tomb, we were told, and there was a garden there. This really is the most remarkable thing that has ever happened. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Mary sees him, does not recognize him. It's not until Jesus speaks her name that she calls him teacher and Lord, and she runs with great joy. I would dare say even great laughter. We're going to hear so much more about the re reactions over the next few weeks, but the story does not stop here. Mary's words are enough for us today. I have seen the Lord. And ever since then, the church on this day in the first week of Easter has always said, Christ is risen. He is risen I have seen the Lord. What a joy. If he was crucified and risen from the dead and now is dressed as a gardener, speaking to Mary, what else could happen to us? Death is overthrown. Dewar shows Jesus with a shovel. Maybe that's because his is the only, or the first grave to be opened. There will be more resurrections including your resurrection on the last day. You will be raised again from the dead, and death cannot grip you, grip you because you have been baptized in the Christ, into his death and in his resurrection. In your baptism, God the Father called you by name. In your baptism, you are connected with Jesus' resurrection. Mary sees Jesus, and he's not worried. He's not angry. He's alive truly lie alive. The best thing that could ever happen has happened, and there's nothing that can stop him. Even if every church was closed, every preacher was silent, even the rocks would cry out that Christ is risen. Be of good cheer. Do not lose heart, dear friends in Christ. In fact, let out a little laugh Day and joy, because yours is life everlasting. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Christ alone be the glory forever and ever.